Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws, well, they both look pretty badass and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge. When you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees, look at assaultlimited.com. Also sponsoring today's podcast is Urban Savage, U-R-B-N-S-V-G.com. The best quality apparel available. American-made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny. The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out urbnsvg.com. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3EQUIP.com. A3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion, a lip balm, a hair conditioner, honestly, anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3equip.com don't forget ladies and gentlemen in the podcast description or podcast notes in your podcast app you can get access to all of our sponsors all of the products that we talk about in the podcast and contact information for paul and martin proceed with caution all doctors to the er do these guys have any idea what they are talking about? Talking about? Talking about? Get squared away. Spiritual. Get squared away. Emotional. Get squared away. Mental. Get squared away. Physical. The podcast that'll help you get squared away. All right, we are back with episode one, three, thirteen. Lucky thirteen. Huh? Lucky thirteen. Put your money down for Seven Eleven craps. I don't. I don't know what I'm talking about. But um, <laughs> I don't fuck, either. What the hell you been up to, man? <laughs> oh, I've been doing uh, good. Uh, enjoying the summer weather that is now here, and uh, yeah, physically uh, getting back to where I need to be. So gym time has been uh, productive. Good. Good. 90 fucking degrees today. I know. 90, 90 degrees all weekend. Too. Yeah. You sitting in the pool all weekend or what? Yeah, hopefully. Kids will be already in, in today. Kids are probably in the pool already. I was already in today. Oh, you're in today? Yeah. You're supposed to be working? Uh, I went to work really early so I could get done early. <laughs> and I'm always working. I mean, I work and then I come home for a little bit. I got to take shit out after this. So it's always oh, constant yeah. work. Um, thanks to everybody who jumped on iTunes and um, rated the podcast last week. If you haven't done that, push pause now, go on, scroll down, rate it, leave us a little review that helps everybody. The more reviews, the better. It's helps spread the word. Um, so physically, you're doing good this week. Jim, yeah. Jim's feeling feeling nice. Jim's feeling nice. Back is kind of healed up, so I'm able to kind of do everything, but I'm 
So now what about, I'm being a about little smarter? I'm now not. about three days until you do it again. <laughs> no, I'm not doing the two a days. I think that's what killed me. Yeah, I was doing the two a days. I was doing the back workouts three times a week. Yeah, you need recovery, bro. I know, I know. I'm just. I keep thinking I'm young. Mentally, I'm there. Physically, I'm just yeah, beat up. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's and that's when you start to read about the differences when you're young and old. Like the older you get, the more recovery you need. You can still lift hard. You can still work out hard, but you yeah. need longer in between those workouts. You you know, so yeah, I'm I'm on the same boat. Um, not quite as old as you, but. Uh, <laughs> Focusing on recovery currently, I uh, I did yoga this week with the wife, so that was fun on my days off. Huh? Are you playing the back row? Oh yeah, duh. (laughs) She's got her little yoga shorts on. Um, so that did that. I was supposed to take one more day off this week, but I was up and awake anyway. So I went in and I I walked and stretched and rolled and did the sauna and I was there for an hour, but I didn't, I didn't lift. I don't think I touched a single weight. Oh, really? Yeah. I just stretched and rolled mostly. It? No, that wasn't today. Today was heavy squats. Oh, okay. So today, today was four Oh five for three. That oh, last, that last that rep good. sucked. Last rep. I, it hurt. Are Not using, bad, but. Are hmm? you using something to uh, see how low you're getting? Yeah. Yeah. I touch a, touch a bench. Oh, okay. So it puts me right at parallel. So yeah, touch a bench and then come back up. So next week's max. So next week will be like 455 for a single. I wonder if max, huh? Yeah. And 445 deadlift for a single. So. Wow. And but deadlift felt like my 405 deadlift today for or uh, Wednesday for um for three. I, I did it for four. I think I could have done five. Oh, yeah. So I might shoot for 500 next week on my single. That'd be a first time for me ever. Wow. So feels good. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Emotional. I don't do, I didn't do shit emotionally this week. I didn't do a damn thing. And my meditation sucked this week. Just, I got to, I ran out of time or what? I, when you, when you have, when you don't have the time is when you need it the most, but I didn't make the time this week. I think I maybe two or three days, I actually took the time to do it. So just got to get back into the swing of things. You lose habits and then you build them back up and you lose them and you build them back up. And the busier you are, it's like, oh shit. All right. It's 10 o'clock. My reminder just went off to meditate, but I got 40 other fucking things to do. I'll do it when I'm done. And then it just goes, it just goes to wayside. So, um, I have been doing it regularly but not regularly enough so i gotta get back to that so my my emotionally was was weak this week well yeah emotionally i probably didn't do much we gotta i think that's both of our weak weakness weak point lack of effort is both of our emotional work because watching uh dodo videos before you go to bed yeah i I don't know if that counts i mean it might I don't know. Is it, it, is, it, is, it is it helping you emotionally? Is it helping you emotionally? I like watching the little baby animals on on Instagram once in a while. Oh yeah. There's a little rhino that was running in front of his mom this week. That was pretty cute. Oh but, really? Yeah. Oh, somebody somebody sent me a meme this week that was funny. As uh, they had a unicorn. There's one picture and it said this is a unicorn, and then the other picture had a just dark rhino. And it said this is a tactical unicorn. Ah, that's pretty funny. Oh, that was cute. That's pretty funny. I sent you a Joe Dirt meme this week. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> well, uh, what did it say? Uh, if you, when you're this ugly, you gotta have, have a raptor. Yeah, something like that. Oh no, it was it was him with his hot chick that's on his side, and it's like when you're ugly, but you, when you're still ugly, but you drive a raptor. That's what it was. <laughs> yep. That's why I have a raptor. Yep. yep. 
um, my mentally. So two weeks ago, I did Mere Christianity, and then I worked on Adolf Huxley's um, Perennial Philosophy. So like any well-balanced individual, you got to do both sides. And this week is uh, Richard Dawkins' The God Delusion. So that's wow. interesting. Richard Dawkins is a pretty abstract thinker and goes through and covers a lot, covers a lot of stuff. We'll just, we'll leave it yeah. at that. Yeah. I think that's a good follow up to mirror Christianity. Yeah. So I think that'll get you some good thinking, some good balance, bubbles. some yeah. good balance. Yeah. Um, this week we're going to deep dive on globalism. The, that's the big, the, the big thing right now, the globe globalism, globalization. Um, so when I walked in, Martin's like, Hey, so there's the economic part of globalism or globalization. And then there's the, um, governmental, or I would, I would almost just call it a societal, um, organization that is global, that is globalism. And I think globalization, as far as global trade is one thing. Yes. But I guess after thinking about that question that you asked me, it's more talking about globalism as in the nations coming together to create one, one world super government. nation. Yes. One world yeah. government is what globalism. That's the, that's the, that's the scary part of globalism basically. So uh, I, I just have a few notes here. So, so globalism basically, and I went back and forth with a friend <clears throat> and talked about this and, and I was, I was having a hard time because I see the benefits of globalism and I know the negatives, but I was having trouble putting a square box around the negatives of globalism. And uh, and he really he brought it brought it right up to the top is globalism is just rebranded socialism. It's rebranded socialism yeah. on a global scale. That's all it is. Yeah. So then you get to start to see the negatives. Yeah. And I think that's where I have. Globalists uh, defined in my mind as two separate parts because you know there's the economical. I think as far that's as, more as far as free trade. I think that's more concerned. globalization. Yes, right. That's global trade, globalization. globalization. That has nothing to do with nations coming together. The Correct. you know combating nationalism, like yeah, that's global trade. That's globalization. There's We're, a lot of pros to you know yes. free trade. Yes, but when you're talking about the you know push to one world. One world organization, one world rule, you know, common currency, common uh, government laws, uh, then that's when you're hitting. Yeah. Communism is kind of the label that's stuck underneath. Yeah. And and even with global trade on what do we want to call it? Unregulated global trade. I don't even know if that's the right word, but you I mean, you see what happens when you can put a factory in Mexico or a factory in China, make your product for seven cents, sell it to your company. You know, you make all your profit where there's, where there's tax loopholes or, or tax, you know, nations, low tax nations, Yeah. make all your profit there, ship your product to America, make a small amount of profit here. So your corporate headquarters doesn't actually end up paying that much tax because the production facility is where you actually make most of your profit as a total company. Your bottom line looks great because you're not really paying tax on the full gamut of production to retail sales or to business to business sales. So now you're getting some really deep water here when you're talking about uh, corporate taxes and yeah, yeah. Impulse. I mean, but, but these are negatives of globalization. Before we even get into real globalism, you know, as, as far as the the one world one rule, um, there are negatives to even globalization as far as global trade. 
Yeah, there's definitely pros and cons, but I think it, there's an argument that can be made when you're talking about one world government. I, you know, I would venture you'd have to be pretty have some mental issues if you think that it's going to be okay. Well, and, and so hold on. So there are benefits to globalism as as a one, as world, a one government. world government. Um, there's some really deep world issues that we're going to have to tackle in the next 50 years that are not going to be able to tackle on a nation nation to nation basis. So simple things like human genetic testing. Okay. So if we think about human genetic testing, like let's, let's take this to as simple as possible. We have America, we have China, we have Russia. Let's just talk about those three nations. Okay. So if America says we do not believe in genetic testing on humans. Okay. China says, um, we don't agree. We're going to slowly wade into those waters. Or even if they say we're not going to, but they start to do it, right? And they create super soldiers, superhumans, super thinkers, super workers, however you want to look at it. They're, they're going to create human 2.0 with that. Are you talking about like Captain America kind of stuff here? Um, I mean, it could be Captain America. It could legitimately be minor genetic changes that then make a brain work that much better or make a person work that much longer without needing recovery or whatever. Like there's so many, the, the, the possibilities here are endless. So what that problem is, is that problem is a problem that the United States can no longer stay out of because it is going to put you as a second or third world nation if other people figure it out first, right? So like the atomic right. bomb, the atomic bomb, um, whatever, whoever, whatever his name was that created the atomic bomb, he hated the fact that he had to create it. Um, he even quoted the Bhagavad Gita for, for I have become death killer of worlds. Like he knew it, but he wanted, he knew that yeah. somebody was going to do it. So he did it for America first. And that's, that's a similar problem with genetic human engineering. Yeah. So with a, with a global government and a one world government, you then, you don't have competing nations and you're able to take on challenges like that or like global climate change or like AI because AI is going to be is going to be something in the next 50 to 100 years that everybody has to combat because it's going to put hundreds of thousands or millions of people out of work. So if so, so how do you think that is that's going to work though? I mean, ideally So, so it's, this it's, is this is where works. this is where my next step is. Okay. Is the negatives, right? I I covered the benefits or the or the need for something. Now that that's the reason that that's the reason that the elite in the world are pushing for a one world government or for globalism is because we have these huge looming issues that could possibly be. So, you know, before we were farmers, before agriculture, we were hunter gatherers, right? Yeah. When we figure out agriculture, that was a, that, that changed the entire world. That wasn't just like, oh, we figured out the internet. That was, we figured out an entirely, changed the entire world. Before that, small tribes moving around there, nobody owned anything. Once you figure out agriculture, all of a sudden there's ownership rights, there's land rights. You're not moving, you're staying in one place. There's all this shit and it changed the entire world for good. Either any of those things that I just talked about are have the possibility to be that big of a change to the world. So the negatives... 
any vast amount of power entrusted to a small group of people that are humans have the risk of the small group exploiting that power because we're all humans, right? Humans are infallible. Absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. So right there is one of the issues with, I'm going to say globalism, but it's also one of the issues of socialism. It's why it's why Russia was not able to implement socialism under Stalin because the power was too much. Yeah. I'm going to go past that too. Is uh, you look at China, what's going on right now, what's been going on for years. I mean, there's, what you're doing then is there's a small group that has all this power, but you have zero accountability coming from the people they represent. Yes. You know, and I know there's so much hate going on about America, but you look at how cellular America is. I mean, you have accountability on the local level. You have accountability on the state level. You have accountability that works regionally. And then you have the federal government with all its faults and all the, you know, the circus things going on now. But still, you have some level of security through accountability at each level. And you look at, you know, states like Florida, like we talked about. Different states with, you know, different results, different outcomes. But, you know, we have the freedom of choice for, to elect the officials that we want and to go to the states that, you know, that kind of fit more in with what we want to, you know, want to see. So, you know, I think uh, you can't let any rule get too large. And and the people that are arguing for globalism are arguing globalism versus nationalism, right? Nationalism is is nationalism is nationalism is kind of what we have now. It's me as in I'm going to say me, but not me personally. Me as the United States before the we, United States before the rest of the world. But we're we're also slowly with globalization and trade, we're also slowly transitioning towards internationalism, which is not necessarily me before the we, it's me, but not at the detriment of the we. So we negotiate trade. We can intelligently um, find middle ground for deals. And that's that works with things that have win that are win wins. So where where the United States can make a good deal with China or can make a good deal with um, Egypt or wherever, like you can, you can make deals. Right. Yeah. But that doesn't take on the three big issues that I mentioned with AI climate change and um, human genetic engineering. So there needs to be something else. Um, But I don't think one world government is the answer to that. No, I I think that, that some sort of a, you know, some sort of a, of a of an association that is involved that every country is involved in. Yep, I hundred percent agree. I mean that, that that's where we need to go to. That's where we need to lean toward is an association that does not that does not negotiate trade, but every single country is involved in. But then the implementation of that is really cloudy. Like, how does that? Yeah. Because if like, let's say, you know, let's let's take the human genetic engineering thing again. How the fuck do you know that they're not actually doing it? You know, because they're still their own government. You know, China's yeah. still their own government. United States is still their own government. Iran's still their own government. So like that gets really murky. Yeah, I think there's there's always going to be some kind of OPSEC from every every country. I think that's great. But what you're talking about is what they kind of have for, you know, World Health Organization. 
right? So you got representatives from all over, even though WHO could probably use a hell of a lot more regulation than what's going on. People need to be screened a hell of a lot better than what's going on because you got some nut jobs that are in there right now. So human, human infallibility, human infallibility power, yeah, they is, screwed is, up. It's just, it's everybody, unless you step back and look and you, and you're able to see, and this takes years of like, of, of updating your consciousness to be able to look and see like humans are fucked up. All humans, not, not like I and people at my level are fucked up, but people that are above me and running, you know, world health organizations or, you know, diplomats from the United States, like everybody is, is, is valuable. Yeah. And that's the part that like, and, and that's almost like where you're like, Oh, well, AI, Right. Like AI is the answer. But who programs the AI? Right. So, I mean, it's almost like uh, like anonymous taking over. Yeah. You know, all these uh, the ransomware that's going around right now. So no matter how much you want to govern, guess what? These guys could take down, you know, a whole grid if they wanted to. So. So how does that work? Yeah. I mean, how is globalism going to stop that? Because you're always going to have a faction if you have a. a ruling party that governs such a large area, you're always going to have these factions that are going to, you know, find ways to, it's kind of like, I don't know if it's a good comparison, but, uh, um, what's a prohibition? Yeah. You know, though, when they start saying, well, alcohol is illegal, what's going to happen. You're going to have these factions rise. Yeah. So yeah, there's no way that I can see that globalism can work. There needs to be, there needs to be something, something new. And I don't know, like, <laughs> how do you form a global committee and put accountability into it? That's a really good question. I don't know that I could sit here. It would be a really long pause, probably hours of pausing before I could even think through that question. But yeah. I, I don't I don't know. I don't know how you hold. I don't know how you hold small groups accountable. And is there ever is there ever an ability to hold those people accountable when they are the the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds and the Gates and and they're yeah, I don't know. they're not held accountable by us. Yeah. I mean you know it's tough. I mean, I gotta think about my folks in China. You know, things are dictated down there and you gotta watch what you say, you gotta watch what you do. I mean, to live that kind of life and then compare it to what we have here. I mean, we have the local accountability. Imagine if we didn't have the local accountability and it comes down to the feds are dictating everything to us. We'd be fucked. Yeah, we'd be screwed. Yeah, it would be a whole different lifestyle here. And you think they really care to really distribute, you know, this distribution of wealth that they keep preaching about? No, they don't. Musk's brain trip, brain chip. Elon Musk's brain trip, brain chip, right? Because you can't fool a brain chip. So if the brain chip is in there, it knows whether you're doing something for a for a positive benefit for mankind or whether you're being manipulative and lying uh, to implement something for mankind, which is really just bettering yourself. So what you're saying basically is if you're going into politics, if you're going in an office, you gotta get a chip installed. You gotta get chipped. And and if you're top brain chip. and if you're top five percent, which this would never work because they would just pay their way around it. But if you're top five percent income earners, you also have to have a brain chip. Wow. Because money, money is where power is. So if you have power, so, so I'm saying I, I don't even care. I don't even care what the power is, whether it's a governmental power or a or a financial power. If you are in a position of power, yeah, you have to be chipped. So who uh, who puts the brain chips in? That's a really good question. And then who monitors? That's that? a really good question. So again, they can they be bought out? Me, me? No, I can't be bought <laughs> you out. Can't be bought I out. Can totally 
only be bought out. <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, and that's so that's that's another like these yeah, are now, these now are, we're talking Terminator times. These are the questions, right? And this is like I know it was on such a it was on such a small scale, but they, it was also on such a huge scale when when our founding fathers sat down and wrote our Constitution and and put all of these amend not amendments um the fuck are they called. Amendments, uh, right? First Amendment, Second Amendment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. The Bill of Rights. That's what I was trying rights, to think yeah. of. The Bill of Rights. Um, when they when they put all these documents together, these documents to like this, these are the conversations that we that they had. Like, well, what if we do this? Well, then this is going to happen. Well, how do we make sure that that doesn't happen when this happens? And and amazingly, how 500 years ago, not 500, 300 years ago, they had this shit pretty, pretty strong. Oh, yeah. Like, it's not perfect. But they did way better than you and I would yeah. do trying to sit down and write this kind of stuff. Yeah, and they wrote that based on what they, you know, saw with uh, with Britain. Yeah. Under that rule. So they never wanted that to happen again. So these are all the, you know, safety uh, catches. So chips. If you're in any position of power, you got to be chipped. But who does the chips? Exactly. Oof. That's tough. It goes back to, you know, Monks. The hackers. Monks. The monks. The monks. Because they can't be bought. They, don't, they, fi- they have no financial benefit. They're still human. They don't care. Yeah, but they, they but to be bought, whether it's by money or by so maybe you whatever, have to, maybe, maybe is they, there is there some sort of a is there some sort of a morality? There's got to be. So first, we have to develop a morality. If, if you have an test, a brain scan, priest, you're a gonna, brain scan, yeah. a morality brain scan. First, we got to develop that so that we can give you a morality score based on your brain scan, and then only the top five percent of morality brain scanners that pass the test <laughs> are able to work in the company that implements so the, the brain chips. scanner is going to have to be completely AI. Oh yeah. 100%. Otherwise you're going to corrupt the brain 100%. scanners or somebody's going to corrupt the programmers, you know, yeah. putting out the results of that yeah. brain scan too. So it's kind of an endless, uh, search for, you know, perfection. Yeah. Well, and it, we, it doesn't need to be perfection. It just needs to be better than what we have now. Right. And, 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 moldable right like changeable yeah oh fuck so who's that gonna be is it gonna be a you know musk tech that you know puts all this together i mean i like elon musk but my like the way that he randomly tweets about dogecoin and like watches it go up and then like talks some other shit and, and watches it go down public yeah he's good at that yeah except for when he uh built that truck that he <laughs> smashed a window at the show the wedge truck yeah, yeah. Yeah, did you see a Ford? Um, the Lightning? No, well, yeah, the Ford Lightning. Ridiculous. I saw the best meme ever. It was like an old school Lightning. It's the Lightning we fell in love with. And then it was like a, a, a re- artist rendering of what a new Lightning should look like. And it's yeah. the Lightning that we wanted. And then it's the new one that they actually made. And it's like the Lightning they fucking gave us. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, But the name makes sense, right? Like not to get too totally off. Like it's a Lightning. It's an electric truck. Yeah. It's a Lightning. Like that, that, that makes more sense than the old lightning did. That was a fucking supercharged, you know, gas monster, oh, yeah. which was awesome. I love those trucks. I thought you were going to mention the meme that has, I think on top of it, they have the lightning is like Ford comes out with the lightning and it shows the, you know, the electric truck. And then the bottom's like, and Dodge said, fuck it. We're going to put the TRX together. <laughs> yeah. And so it's funny with that, like, um, uh, our buddy, Chris, it was like, yeah, but it's still never going to handle like a, like a Raptor. And I'm like, yeah, but realistically, like the Raptor is made to go off road. 10% of Raptors actually see off road. The TRX 
is made to just drive like a fucking fast asshole. Most oh, people yeah. that are going to buy that are going to drive it like a fast asshole. So it's actually getting used the way that it was meant to be used even better <laughs> than a Raptor is. Right. Um, Although my resale value right now is really, really good. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Raptors have great resale values. Wranglers have great resale values. Diesel trucks have great resale values. Yeah, I don't know why Wranglers do, but. People love Jeeps. I don't know. Quality I mean, of those things. the first thing I would do, like, I like I like the look of the Wrangler trucks. But the first thing I would do is rip the drivetrain out of it and put a fucking LS Chevy drivetrain in it. Oh, yeah. Have you gotten under the things? The axles look like my arm, like my forearm. Oh, really? Yeah. Like if you ever, like if you towed something, they would just like, kind of like if you took a pop pop can and like turned on both sides. That's what they look like they would do. Wow. I saw a nice setup. uh, Speaking of Jeeps, not to go completely off topic, but you know, they did an overland Jeep. That's basically a turbo diesel. Yeah. I was like, oh, nice. Yep. Yeah, they did. I keep telling people, I mean, I got a Raptor, but if I was to put an overland, you know, uh, system together, it would not be a Raptor because your gas mileage sucks ass. Yes. So. Yeah. And the, and the diesel, they're working out that four cylinder diesel issues. You know, this is all new within the last three to four years, five years. Um, So they're working out a lot of the kinks, but a diesel motor is, you know, it's economic and powerful. Yeah. Um, But yeah, no, totally off topic. But um, <laughs> and, and so. You know, one of the big things with with socialism that you lose and, and you know, you see it with with knowing China the way that you do, um, you lose the innate human drive. Yeah. You just you, you you lose it when you when there's no reason to work hard. Why do you work hard? Yeah. You work long. You don't work hard. Yeah. I mean, if everybody's ever gone into work where it's an unmotivating environment. And it feels literally gray. I mean, it feels like there's a cloud over it. Well, guess what? When I'm in China, I, f- I see a lot of that. And that's the whole atmosphere. I mean, people are just looking down. I mean, there's no motivation. I mean, what's their, you're just basically working for that one day off that they're right now, they're trying to, you know, force them to work. So, yeah, I, I see no benefit to it at all. I'm extremely curious. Um, this is more on the globalization front, but I'm extremely curious to I don't even know how I would dig into it, but to dig into um, China and Russia's ownership of American companies, American ports, American processing plants. So do you know, they, they own like a majority of our major seaports? Yeah. They own a majority of our meat processing plants, like the top three meat processing plants. Like, are oh, we? Oh yeah. That's pretty like that's pretty fucking stupid on an American part, right? Yeah, but you know, China's strategy over the last, you know, 15, 20 years is it's not about, you know, outright power. Yeah, I think Russia's uh they're not that stupid either. So I I think they've slowly worked their way, you know, inside out. Yeah, I think we're idiots. Yeah. I think we're 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 so so dumb and we've allowed roots. To just be slowly crawled into the most important structures in our country. Like, guess what happens if the seaport shut down and they own major food distribution plants? Yeah. What happens? Like, I'm not an extremely intelligent guy and I can fucking figure out what happens there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, they know. China knows how to shut down that eastern seaboard, uh, you know, really quick. But there's main reasons why they don't. So, I mean, bottom yeah, the, line. The thing is, is they, they, they want to trade. Yeah. But they should never even have the ability to do that. Yeah. 
that that ability should never be put in another country's hands. Like how? If, if, I mean, if we're, you we're in went, debt to China. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, we're in but, debt to China. But they're also, you know, they they want the cash flow. Yeah. But like, if you took if you took our founding fathers and you were and and Britain and they sat down at a table, right? And they were like, "Go ahead, you have your country. All's we want is the ports where you get imports. That's all we want." They'd be like, "Go fuck yourself. You're not controlling our seaports. That's how we get all of yeah. our imports." But now we're like, "Meh, sure, whatever. Yeah. Money's money." Then why do you think? Because human infallibility politicians yeah politicians they're just they're, and they're i don't know so that's person. another thing i i, I don't want to just assume that that was a i don't know how that works if china wants to buy a seaport who, who a who own, who do they buy it from do they buy it from a private party a private well, company i don't i don't know the whole I, seaport yeah because we, so we have like nine right they own eight yeah, they own eight of nine i think is what i the last i read so like at some I mean, point in time, we owned all those. Yeah, there's government involvement. At some point in time, definitely. we owned all nine of those. Right. So who the how the fuck did they get them bought? Yeah. I mean, because like a meatpacking plant, right? Like the top three meatpacking plants. That's clearly just a business to business purchase. Like I, the, that never needs to be signed off by by government. I don't think. Yeah, that's an individual business. Yeah, but, but is the seaport an individual business? No. It's not. I mean, there's I definitely know. some government involvement in there. Okay. There's regulations. You know, code. I mean, it's. I don't know. I really think it stems from the top. Yeah. So. And then we've got. So I don't know if you know this, but we've over our our FDA has over reported our crop production for like the last twenty years. Over reported. Over reported our production. No. That, like that. how much we produce. So they've over reported our production because supply and demand, simple economics. When there's a huge supply, way bigger than demand, prices stay low. America operates on cheap food. We always have. Um, so when you over-report what we're producing, there's the supply and demand. Those two levels are so far apart from each other, prices stay low. Well, then the problem is with over-reporting, and this is this is one of the issues with any sort of any sort of um, human involvement, like. Somebody strategically thought that that was a good idea to keep our food low. And that's a like they had a positive thought there, right? Like they thought they were helping by keeping our food low. But with human infallibility, nobody you don't see what could happen from that falsification. So what's happened from that falsification is we've sold a majority of our grains. So like our our storage, our grain storage is is out. Really? Venezuela has bought Venezuela, Brazil, a ton of other countries have bought a majority of our grains. And now we're going to see corn prices this year that are possibly three, four, five times what they ever have been in the last 10 years, because now they've walked back that over reporting. So they're actually seeing realistically what we what we have and what we are making. And yeah those supply and demand numbers are a lot more balanced out and the, and the price is going to go way up, which is great for farmers. Farmers are going to make a thousand dollars an acre. If they're, if they have good corn land, they're going to make a thousand dollars an acre. So you have a farmer that's got, you know, 200 acres. That's, and that's a pretty small farm, 200,000 bucks. Well, that's great for him, but for overall, for a country, when corn costs that much, everything goes up. 
No, right. you're not going to see ethanol. I mean, so government regulates on a certain amount of ethanol in our gasoline. So that's going to go up, which ethanol used to be a cheaper alternative, but it's not anymore. Um, well, I mean, used- there's already going to be inflation all the way across the board. Yeah. I mean, so. uh, two by fours. A, a simple two by four. I built a shed two years ago. A simple eight foot two by four, two dollars and 75 cents. Okay. Mid COVID, like mid last year, my daughter wanted a playhouse. Like, I will go to Menards and check out. They were $5.45. I was like, this is bullshit. Like, over double what I paid for them. Yeah. I just went last weekend. $11.99. $11.99 for $12 for one eight-foot two-by-four. Wow. Jeez. Gas is going to start to come up. Food is coming up. But that and so with food, that's going to come from this this grain issue. That's going to be one of the major issues. And issues are never so simple as to say that they're one they're one faceted. Right. But with the with the food, you have to feed animals. You know, you have to feed your pigs. You have to feed your cattle. You have to feed your your chickens. So even if you're not eating corn, that's what a lot of, you know, simple people are like, oh, corn. I don't eat corn. That's not a big deal. Seed corn. Yeah, exactly. And so all of this is going to go up. Plus. You can't get anybody to work. There's no, there's no, the labor market is is shit. I don't know if you've been out there. I don't know if you guys have had to hire lately, but yeah. the labor market is trash. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So what's the biggest expense for most companies? Labor. Labor. So what happens when your labor goes up 20%? There's your product no has to go up 20%. Yeah. There's not enough margin to cover that now. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, we're starting to look like California. Yeah. On purpose. So this is my this is where I, this is why I got into the China owning the seaports and owning the the meat packing plants and all this stuff. Like, do you think that there's a chance that this is totally planned? Totally planned from China's part. F- from somebody. I would say, if you did a little bit of research, I'd say that this would probably be uh, something in China's playbook. So I think there's a, there has been a long-term plan and there will be more to come. So I think you're, you're getting there. I mean, I feel like that could, that could be detrimental to our economy, right? Like inflation that big, not, we're not talking like a, we're not talking like a COVID, you know, COVID drop and then climb back in, back up in the, in the stock market. And, you know, when you say, when you talk about the stock market, the thing is most people are like, oh, the stock market, like, well, I don't play the stock market or I don't have stocks, you know, but that's the that's the retirement of the majority of the people in our country. Yeah. Yeah. So you get a little bit of that, get us, you know, get, get inflation so bad that, and this is, this is a really doom and gloomy podcast, but you get inflation so bad that our, that our economy is, is, is awful, right? Our economy detrimental to our economy, our economy drops to a scary point. And then involve all this ransomware that everybody is is talking about right now. Oh yeah. And then all of a sudden what happens when 10% of retirements are just are are on ransom on the you know the the accounting cuz you don't you don't have that money. That money's all ones and zeros on a spreadsheet, you know, in a computer program, hopefully backed up multiple places but still. Yeah. Like my retirement it's just on a a BMO, you know, retirement computer somewhere yeah i think everything in a bank i mean it's not like you're just bringing you know gold coins in and getting an exchange so but i think it goes even beyond that 
I mean, ransomware is going to affect uh, supply. Where our supply chain is already fucked. Our supply chain is so fucked. They said that um, steel shipping containers are five times as expensive as they were a year ago yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a gosh, I was talking to the other day. I was talking to one of the um, GMs from a dealership here and it's in the next three to four months. I mean, right now they're they don't have inventory. There's a, I think I read a, a Yahoo finance article that there is a billion dollars of vehicles. This might've been just from GM, but it might've been from more than one, but I thought it was just GM, a billion dollars of vehicles completely put together, sitting in lots across the United States Waiting with chips. no chips. Yep. Yep. And they said that it's going to be about a three or four month turn. So you may not see a lot of new uh, inventory uh, make it on the uh, lots till end of the year. Which is fine. Most of you assholes that buy new cars every year, you don't fucking need them anyways. <laughs> Get out of here, you materialistic pricks. Oh, that's why, you know, this guy was asking about, you know, hey, you know what? Right now you can probably get full price for your Raptor. And I was like. Uh, yeah, but then I got to buy something else. I know. So I buy, but I got, you know, two vehicles. So. Yeah. But. We'll see. Yeah. See, so in my my diesel, my Denali, I'm I'm in the same boat. Like I could I could probably make seven grand on that truck right now. Yeah. But guess what? Um, the uh, the the emissions people, plug your ears. La 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 la. My truck's completely deleted and completely tuned, and you can't even get most of those parts anymore because they've cracked down on so much of that. Oh yeah. So like I I'd be screwed. I'd have to and. Uh, my truck gets 20 miles a gallon because it's deleted. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if, yeah, if I had that uh, diesel, yeah, I'd probably hang on to that thing. That's, yeah. that's an Overland machine to me. Yeah. So, but yeah, the Raptor right now, it's, it's a nice toy. Yeah. But I almost died. if gas goes up to $7. I almost died in one of those Raptors. They handle, uh, they handle yeah, yeah. great while they're sliding off the side of the road. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, so I don't... <laughs> We talk a lot about raptors today. We do talk a lot about raptors today. Well, we're must, I want we gotta talk some about something. Envy. We gotta talk about something <laughs> positive because when we're talking about like global issues and the infallibility of humans and where our country and our world right now is headed, like it's fucking dark. Yeah. So what, what's I, the average Joe supposed to do? Get educated on it. I guess that's the first. That's the first step right oh yeah that's a good point we need to put some some actual application appli- to it. applicable steps at the end of this because tell everybody to start prepping and uh you know well so a first of all it wouldn't hurt to know how to plant a fucking garden right right it wouldn't hurt wouldn't to hurt know to how to gain some survival skills some survival skills it wouldn't hurt to know how to, to to know how to garden it wouldn't hurt to know how to hunt to know how to process an animal it wouldn't hurt to have a little bit of backstock of maybe some cash, some food, some ammo. Not a ton. Don't be an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Do not. Yeah. Don't be one of these assholes that uh, think you're going to lock yourself in your basement because a, a garden hose is going to solve that problem really yeah, fast. Right? So. Yeah. You're, you're SOL. Anyways, we're moving. I, if, if that <laughs> if, if the shit ever really does hit the fan, we're mobile. Like I'm not uh, yep. sitting at my house with fucking 20,000 pounds of ammo. I like what I can fit in the truck. We're gone. Yeah. You're not going to fend off, you know, uh, <laughs> the people that are coming. And no. bottom, bottom line is what I tell people. I, I go to the I go to Topback or go to any store and there's all these, you know, assholes buying body armor and they're buying all this, you know, fucking Gucci gear, you know, all the best guns. I'm like, seriously, 
how many are you going to carry with you? You're not going to load a vehicle up with all this shit. Yeah. And and the people that buy the body armor are so fucking out of shape. Yeah. Like you're nothing but a target. All you're doing is taking more rounds yeah. before you bite dust. Yeah. So the first thing you think of before you buy all that shit is get in shape. Yeah. Well, Fit, fitness is the biggest issue right now. Not the fact that there's low ammo. It's fucking fitness. I have this on my list, actually. The drive for food, the innate drive for food now causes the majority of death in the world. The like innate. The, 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 the innate drive for food, the obesity, heart disease, like all the all the diseases, oh, all the diseases that, that yeah. come with consuming too much. Yep. Like that's a pretty good place to be in the world. Yeah, that's sad. But like we're more people die from overeating than die from hunger now. Yeah, that's a pretty good fucking problem to have. Yeah. Now, because if you can't if you die from hunger, it's because you can't get food. If you die from all these overeating diseases, it's because you you haven't learned self-control. So that's on yeah. you. If you die from hunger, it's not necessarily on you. Yeah. Tying to last week's podcast, it's also, you know, quality of food. So if you treat food like medicine, then medicine doesn't become your food, which, you know, highest rate of death in America is what? Obesity. Well, it's uh is it obesity I number so. one? Or is it uh um prescription drugs? No, obesity beats prescription drugs. But yeah, I think because I think it's like 16 or 17 prescriptions per person. Yeah. So. Oh, we were at we were at dinner the other night not to get eh, whatever. We got time. We were at dinner. We went we went to Hibachi and we sat down at this table and it was very. um, I don't even I can't, very granola. The people were the people were very granola -y next to us. And yeah. we sat down, you know, Hibachi. <laughs> I, I, it, that's not even the right explanation. But like, yeah. as I tell the story, you're going to fucking laugh Maybe. and everybody else is going to, too. So. We're sitting, we go to sit down and, and the, the younger girl who's probably 25 looks at us and she goes, we need to have gluten-free soy sauce. Is that okay? <laughs> and we're all just like, whatever. Like, we don't care. Like, yeah, sure. Sounds good. That's fine. <laughs> so we sit down and you're at, you're at the hibachi table. So it's the four of us and then an open chair and then uh, grandpa, who's a big boy, grandma, who's not quite as big as grandpa, but pretty big. And then their daughter and then granddaughter. Okay. And granddaughter doesn't shut up the whole time. So my family, we're talking in, 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 in between each other, but you can hear everything that granddaughter is saying. And she is laundry listing her prescription. She's on, I'm on a new antidepressant and it helps with this. And it doesn't make it, it slowly gives me serotonin. And so I'm not always snacking all day and looking for all these serotonin so things. So this daughter and is I'm, like in her twenties or something. 25 I would, is oh, my okay. guess. Like I, it was so just a total guess, but yeah. Oh yeah laundry list of her prescriptions and I'm on this sleep medication and that's way better because the other one that I was on it made me you know I was sleeping but I wasn't really sleeping I wasn't going into REM sleep so now this one just makes me tired and so she's talking about this and, and I'm looking at my wife and we're both just like trying not to laugh out loud because I'm like what the fuck is going on Damn. and then grandpa goes so how's your boyfriend she goes oh we're not together anymore he had a little bit of a drinking problem and <laughs> He goes, oh, yeah. She goes, yeah, yeah. He was having one or no, he's having two or three white claws a day. <laughs> oh, man. What is she this world coming to? Or, she didn't say two or three drinks a day. She goes, he was having two or three white claws a day. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, that would be the granola uh, side just, of the It was world. just it was like, oh, my God. First of all, like maybe back off on the drugs a little bit because it was like five different things that she was yeah. like i'm on this and i'm on this and i'm on this and i'm on this and i'm like good lord go outside once you're pretty pasty oh yeah Get a little vitamin d 
It always seems like there's the extreme. So you got the you know the hippie granola types, and then you know I see the the tactical types. It's like you know, bottom line is everybody's got to get in you know in fucking good shape. Yeah. You know, I, I guess that's probably one of my pet peeves is seeing. It's like, oh man, I got the the best gear, and I bought this body armor, and I look at the dude, and he's like, well, you're gonna get about maybe a quarter of a mile, and you're gonna drop dead. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's stuff like that. It just drives me. I like the bonkers. 45 different guns that are all really for the same thing. Right? Like, like <laughs> I, I have 20 different hammers. What the fuck do you need 20 hammers for? <laughs> I, I don't know. Hammers are cool. Uh, how about a hammer and a screwdriver? You know? Yeah. How about a pistol or two? Oh, a man. hunting rifle or two? <laughs> you know? I have 37 ARs. Oh, man. Yeah, I went to this guy's house once. Uh, he had this... You know, he's got some money. He's got this big safe he just put down basement. Yeah. And he's got all these guns. And, you know, obviously he's got to pop the vault open yep. and has to show me each. And I'm like, look, and I picked the first one up, the, the fucking bipods on the wrong direction. Oh, good. <laughs> like, okay, this is probably a sign of what the rest of this is going to look like. So my first my first AR I ever built was a Daniel defense. And it was like. It, everything like Cadillac, like put the fucking best of everything on it. And then I got done with it and I started shooting and I'm like, I'm scared to actually use this thing. So I built a piece of shit. I built a truck gun that you can throw in the back seat and just fucking drive around. You don't care oh, what yeah. happens with it. I, that thing's seen five times as many rounds as the fucking nice one. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, you take a guy that's uh take an operator that's skilled and give him a, gosh, what is the worst? Bushmaster on high point, a high point. Good call. Give him a high point pistol. God, those things are nasty. But you know what? He's going to be 10 times more lethal yeah. than a dude with all the Gucci gear. Yeah. So it's just, you know, people just got to get tactically proficient, not tactical. I had a guy I had a guy the other day who was telling me, he was so excited to tell me this story. He said, yeah, my, my brother, my brother got a high point, right? And he knew, he knew, like he knew how funny high points were. Yeah. He goes, my brother got a high point and he brought it home. And my dad was like, you know why they put a light on the front of high points? And my brother was like, why? And he goes, so that the people that are robbing you can't see that you got a fucking high point. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> put like a 10,000 lumens on that thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. it's. But yeah. So, so I mean, get squared away, right? Like that's the applic- that's the applicable steps to what, to what we do and also get involved, like get involved in your local government, vote for local offices, hell, maybe run for some local offices, just some small ones, you know? Yeah. And if, if, it, if you can help, like it's the underestimation of what one person can do is one of the big problems with society today, because one person doesn't feel like you can do that much. But if a hundred thousand one persons feel that same way, then nothing gets done. Yeah. Whereas if a hundred thousand people feel like I can do a little bit, then that hundred thousand compounds yeah. and becomes one huge effort to improve everything. Yeah. And that's that's the whole point of squared away too is you know you got to get your own shit together. And then once you get your shit in line so that you're checking yourself is then you're able to help other people. It's kind of like that uh, airplane analogy we talked about. When the mass falls from the ceiling, yeah. make sure you got yours strapped on and functional. And then you can go help everyone else. So, yeah, it's uh, it's also yeah, exercising mentally and really staying up with what's going on. And the, the mental and the spiritual, especially the spiritual and the emotional that we talk about, which clearly we just started this beginning of this podcast and said that that's our weakness. You know, we don't work on that enough. But 
When you're able to work on your emotional, you're able to start recognizing, especially like material purchases for what they are. Like you're buying something, and this isn't always the case, but it is a majority of the case in, in, in first world countries like the United States. A lot of the stuff that you're spending your money on, you're buying for the emotional good feeling. You're not buying for the actual item. You're buying for the good feeling. So you buy it for the good feeling, but you get a good feeling for a little bit and then it fades and then you have to buy another thing. Well, if you have an unlimited funds, that's fine. But if you don't, then that's causing you to work harder and stress harder over money, which is then causing you a more emotional stress, which makes you buy yeah. more shit. But even if you have enough money, that's consumerism and materialism. And when you're getting your positive emotional feelings from items you're killing the fucking planet like i don't care what i don't care what it is like if you need the next new iphone just because the next new iphone came out or you need the new truck just because the new truck came out then you're just fuck you're pillaging the planet yeah you're pillaging it for its resources to make you feel better right and bottom line it's uh also very opposite of getting squared away yeah because that's when things have you things are controlling you you're not controlling the things, so it's okay to have things, but yeah, it's it goes back to if they have you, then buy things when you need it. them. Buy things when you need them. Uh, if your sh- if your shoes are worn out or look like trash, then buy some new shoes. But don't just buy shoes to have new shoes, right? Or your phone, or your headphones, or your car. Like, how about fucking learn to fix a car? Right. You don't need to be able to fix everything, but learn to fix some simple shit yeah. and then stay on top of it. Because then all of a sudden a 2015 is just as nice as a 2020 because you've stayed on top of fixing little things and it doesn't just all come together. Yeah. No, it goes to like, you know, we like to talk about Raptors today. So, you know, I bought my Raptor. It's 2014, but it's something that I enjoy, but it's not something that I need to say. I need to take it on public and now this puts me in a certain class. You know, I think it's okay for people. We're not saying don't buy anything and you need to go to Walmart to buy your jeans and all that shit. No, we're not talking about that. No, it's just talking about, you know what? You, you buy what you can afford, but buy what you enjoy, but do it for you, your enjoyment, not, you don't need it to give yourself status because in reality, nobody really cares, you know? And the people, some people do care, but the problem is, is the people that care, are fucking idiots that you shouldn't care if they care. Yeah, and they're just as that's shallow the as, as the person that, you know, yes. thinks the same way. Yes, that's the weird matter. thing. I mean, it's it's like having a cookout and, you know, uh, some dipshit's got to, you know, put three coats of wax on their vehicle and have to park it right up where everybody can see it. You know, everybody's going to think, well, that guy's a dipshit. <laughs> or how about this one? And this is one that I've matured mostly out of, but windows down, music so loud, everybody can hear it. Oh, yeah. And, and that used to be me. So like, this is me talking shit. That used to be me. Like I used to be that guy. And I, you know, I was a teenage kid or even a 20 year old kid. And I was that guy. But then it's like, oh, you fucking look at me, idiot. Yeah. Like nobody needs to fucking hear that, you yeah. know? And, and that's a, that's a weird, like, whoa, look at me. Yeah. And I don't, and I don't think I, I don't think I knew that that's what, that's what it was. But looking back, that's definitely what it was. Yeah. But I didn't know at the time. I was right. like, oh, it's, it's cool to have loud music. It's cool to have sweet stereo, you know? But then it was like, but now looking back as, as I've matured out of that, it's like, oh, that was totally a look at me. Yeah. That was totally a play for attention. Yeah. I mean, I have to even, you know, think myself. I mean, I'm driving this big honking black Raptor around town. 
you know, if, if I was thinking, oh, well, look at that guy, he's just got that little truck or whatever, then you know what, then I really need to check myself and maybe sell the damn thing. Yeah. Um, but you know, for me, it's like, you know what, I'm thankful every day that my vehicles run. I'm thankful that, you know, I can work on it when I can. And, you know, if I got to take it in, I take it in and it's an expensive fucking truck to take care of. Yeah. But I can go down the street and say, you know what? I'd be happy if I was driving a, you know, a little Z71 or something. Yeah. Or, yeah, a little, little Colorado. All right. I mean, I'll, I'll drive it. There's that orange. There's that, there's that cute it. orange one around the corner from your house. Like every time I drive by it, I think about buying it for my or think about making my daughter buy orange it. I don't Colorado. buy her shit. Yeah. There's an orange Colorado that's got like an off-road package on it and stuff around the corner. It's a nice looking little oh, truck. Oh, I, I see that thing out there. Yeah. It's a cool little truck. Yeah. It'd be great for a. 18 year old girl she thinks she needs a truck by the way <laughs> but i mean you know it's just you gotta yeah check yourself to say am i if i'm too good to have something and the reason i have it is to put me up on this pedestal then you know what you're probably better off selling it yeah and so i mean for me if i have the raptor or not it doesn't matter i don't even know I've, why we're talking so much about raptors we're talking about things right and like that's a <laughs> that's a big purchase but you know one thing one thing to think about is is calculate what percentage of that purchase what percentage of a purchase is the percentage of your income? So if you make $50,000 a year, should you be buying a $50,000 vehicle or a $60,000 vehicle or a right, $80,000 vehicle? At. No, like you shouldn't. You should not be. Even if they let you finance it, you should not be. There should be a certain yeah. percentage of your income that goes to your savings. There should be a certain percentage of your income. At, hey, hey, budget. Maybe that's a new, maybe that's a new deep dive for one of these days. Is like how to fucking actually sit down and set up a budget and suggested percentages for savings, suggested percentages for entertainment, suggested percentages for housing. Because man, there's a lot of people buying six, seven hundred thousand dollar houses, and they're fucking twenty or five years old. And I'm looking around, going, yeah. what? Yeah. And the amount of taxes they pay on those what? houses. I'm like, how in the hell do you afford that? I guess. I mean, they're, they're house, house. What is it? House rich, bank poor. Yeah. I don't know. It's tough. I mean, I see that and, uh, you know, go overseas and it's like, holy crap. You know, I mean, we're so involved in excess here. Oh, excess we're, we're spoiled, America. man. It's insane. We're spoiled. That's, you know, and that's something um, Seneca, Seneca or wasn't Marcus Aurelius might've been Epictetus. Anyways, one of the stoic philosophers, um, he enjoyed things. He enjoyed good food and drink. And back then, you know, purple robes, whatever the fuck they spent their money on back then, but he would engineer times of, um, hardship. So he would, you know, he would set up three months or six months where he, where he, he only had, you know, 10 cents a day to spend on food and everything. And he would be eating rice and beans and not be able and wearing old rags. And he would do this for months at a time so that then he always remembered where he could be when he had the nicer things and he could afford the nicer things, but he didn't take them for granted because of that. Yeah. It's, it's really sitting down and thinking, okay, what makes you content? And I think that's where, uh, you know, here's an example is when I first became a corporate, uh, you know, multi-facility, you know, manager. And when I got into corporate, I was like, you know what? I, I don't want to ever get to a point where I feel like that I'm too good for anything. You know, I should be able to pick up a broom and, you know, and sweep the floors. And what I did was uh, when I had the weekends, I didn't have my kids. I actually worked a night shift at the Princeton Club on the east side, Friday night and Saturday night. So I'd get off of work at the office and then 
I'd get a couple hours of sleep and then I'd go in and work the front desk, but I'd basically clean all night. So yeah. I had a list of things I had to do. So I'm running the floor scrubber and I'm cleaning up after people that, you know, shit and throw shit around in the locker rooms and, and, uh, yeah. And people walk in the door and treat you like you're, you know, you're garbage, but it was a, uh, it was a wake up call. That's a, that's a weird thing because a lot of, a lot of upper management feels like that would be below them. And it's not necessarily because they feel like it would be below them, but they feel like they're, they're going to lose respect even if they did that in their own company. Yeah. But I don't think you understand is like, if you do that in front of your employees, they're going to respect you a oh, fucking yeah. hundred times more because yeah. they're like, look at this, this guy's pulling on the same rope as we are. Like he cares just as much as we care or more than we care. Yeah, but you it know? does so much mentally to you as an individual to humble yourself. Yeah. And keeps you in check. And that's uh yeah, like you're saying, other people see that, but I think it's just it's so much, you know, self-reflection. It's the lead from the front of the spear, right? Like it's it's a leader, it's a leader versus a boss. Yeah. And that's a that's a big there's a big difference there. Yeah. Difference if I'm in everything. Going to battle, yeah, I'm going to be I'm going to be the guy that's going to, you know, run out first. Yeah. So I'm not going to, you know, wait for somebody else or tell somebody else to do something like that. So, yeah. All right. I think we can wrap everybody. Get your ass squared away. Learn how to farm, <laughs> garden, maybe get a bow, get educated shoot an on animal. what's going on. Yeah. And, and, and get involved. Start with local government. Maybe some of you are actually like squeaky clean enough that you could work your way up into some higher <laughs> government. Definitely neither of us. We know better, but yeah, you don't want to dig on. <laughs> all right. That's a wrap. All right. Later guys.